Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I'd like to continue our discussion about spiritual strength. How many people were here last, last Sunday and heard that? Well, for those of you that weren't, I'm going to do a quick review on uh, some of the things that we talked about uh, last week. And, you know, I was thinking about how busy our lives are, and, and even myself, when I hear something, I just, it doesn't stick unless I do something with it, unless I hear it again, and I want to just spend a moment. Last week, we talked about the fact that God has strength. Mark, if you want to put up Isaiah, um, you can. This was our foundational scripture that God not only has strength and might and wisdom, but that he wants to share it with us, and that our need in life is to be strengthened by the Spirit of God every day. That God actually has a program and a plan for us so that we would grow in strength, that we would grow in spiritual strength, and that that spiritual strength would have an effect on our mind, that it would have an effect on our body, our emotions, our relationships, and our ability to serve God. Amen? He gives power to the weak, and he increases strength. Amen? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I pray that we would be renewed today, just gathering together. You know, when Paul went about the churches, there was an urgency in him. He said, I must go and strengthen the churches. And it's very interesting that in the Bible, the word strengthen and encourage are often synonymous. The Bible says in some translations that David encouraged himself in the Lord. In other translations, it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. How many of you know you need to be encouraged in the Lord? Amen. Amen. So God wants to renew our strength. He wants to encourage us. How many know the root word of encourage is courage? And God wants to give us courage to serve him. Amen. Paul discovered the secret, and he said, I've got it. I've learned how to be strong in good times and in bad times. He said, it's Christ strengthening me from within. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we talked about the need to be intentional about strengthening ourselves. It's baseball season, and I was talking about the baseball swing and, and how when you're standing in the batter's box, you can't be focusing on the five different skills of a swing in the situation. We have to strengthen ourselves beforehand. We have to train ourselves. We have to be intentional about building what we call in sports muscle memory. And we talked about three ways we can do that. One is waiting upon the Lord, shutting everything down and coming before Almighty God. Number two, we, prayed, we talked about praying in the Spirit, how we build ourselves up. We strengthen ourselves by praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. And by the way, how many know that our strength is found in here in the Holy Spirit? Amen. And the third thing we talked about, see, I forgot myself. How am I going to preach this? The third thing we, did anybody tell me, is meditation. 
meditating upon the Word of God, not just reading God's Word with a cup of coffee and just kind of blowing through the Gospels, but to actually meditate and confess and build those in. And we talked about how that they that know God's Word are like a tree planted by the water who meditate upon His Word, and the channels to that water source are meditation. We literally burrow and dig those channels from us to God, our spirit to His spirit, through meditation. If you can picture a tree next to a river, the channels, the roots burrow down and tap into that source through meditating upon God's word. It strengthens us. Amen? And finally, we need strength for endurance. God has called us to endure and to learn patience and to walk with him in life, and we need strength to do that. And by the way, it produces joy in our lives. Amen? All right, somebody say review. Check. Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit today. You know, I prepared a, uh, some notes, and I, I've just been studying along this line, but I woke up with one thought this morning, and I believe it's God. It starts with Jesus. Anything that we're going to receive from God, that we're going to have in life, that we're going to pursue in life, including strength, starts and begins with Jesus. He is the source of strength. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we need him if we are going to have strength. He's not only the beginning, but he's the end. It's very interesting that God knows the, the future. How many know God knows your future? He knows my future. He knows the beginning from the end. He has a plan from beginning to end. And Jesus is God's plan here on the earth. And it's almost as if God is, has said, I have a plan for creation. I am the creator. But I'm going to send word down to the earth. And I want people to find out about my plans. I want people to find out about my ways and what I have for them. And the truth of who I am. I've got to send word down to the earth so that they learn about this. And that word is Jesus. He's the word made flesh. The, uh, first John tells us that John was excited about this. He said, listen... God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. But I want you to have an understanding of this, because, you see, I'm writing this epistle to this church, but I have fellowship with the Father, and I have fellowship with the Son. I know them. I have relationship with them. I'm walking with God, and I've learned of his ways, but I want you to have fellowship with him too. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to send word to the church so that you can hear about God's plan to know you in your life. So it starts and it begins, excuse me, it starts and it ends with God. And today I just want to spend a few minutes and talk about Daniel, uh, in the life of Daniel, and how God showed his strength and his might through the life of Daniel during his time in Babylon. And I, I was just reminded of uh, Daniel's might and wisdom that God gave him. And, and I guess that's the last point I, uh, I, I did forget, too, because uh, we kind of wrapped up quickly at the end there. I was looking at the children, and I was realizing I was going a little long. I mean, you know, that works for adults, too. You know, we can only retain so much. Um, but... God's pattern is to strengthen people, to build strength through their spirit, and to build wisdom. 
And that pattern is developed in the life of John, in the life of Jesus, and in the life of the Apostle Paul. And if you study it out, you see that Jesus increased in stature, that John increased and he grew in spirit and became strong. And the Bible also tells us that there was a parallel. They grew strong in spirit, and then they also grew strong in wisdom, and the two run side by side. And we see this in the life of Daniel because he not only had might and spiritual strength to live in the darkness of his day, but he had wisdom and the ability to handle things. And God wants us to become people that don't crumble under pressure, that don't crumble under problems, that can, but people that can handle problems, people that can take the initiative, people that have confidence to step out and to deal wisely in the affairs of life. The Bible tells us in the book of Joshua that, they, that I, God told Joshua, I want you to meditate in my word day and night, and then you'll make your way prosperous. You know, one translation actually says, then you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. So God wants to put us into, or I should say, leave us here in dark situations so that he can show forth his strength, his might, and his wisdom, even in worldly situations. So God leaves Daniel in Babylon. How many know that when a king takes over a, a, a neighboring country, they go in and they kill everybody? So he lost, and, and, and probably most of his relatives were murdered. Probably his brothers, he was in the court of the king, were murdered right before his eyes. The king, they, they take their eyes out. And he saw all of this. And, and then the king just picks a few of the choice people and he says, I'm going to bring them back as plunder. Not only to demonstrate my victory, but they're going to serve me too. And they're, I'm totally going to make them bow in submission as well. And that was his life. He watched Israel completely ravaged by Nebuchadnezzar who was a ruthless king. He was, it's not completely clear, but he was in the court of the eunuchs. And I'll leave it at that. Because God doesn't measure strength the way man measures strength. And this was a man that demonstrated tremendous spiritual strength despite all of these situations. He was a captive in the king's court. I think sometimes we feel like we are literally captive to our situations. It's hopeless. It's helpless. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I, I've been able to deal with some problems and get through some situations, but I just feel this imminent big problem that's going to totally derail me, and then I'm not going to be able to handle it. There's this foreboding fear that, you know, they're coming for me. The devil's coming for me. You know, it's only a matter of time before he gets me. How many know that's not the Spirit of God? God has called us to be overcomers. God has said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah, there's a governing force upon the earth right now. And Jesus said, listen, you are living in an evil day. And Paul said, listen, Jesus, I'm coming to deliver you from this present evil age. The Bible tells us, yes, there is a God of this world and his name is Satan. But God also tells us that he's not the God of anybody in this room, hallelujah, and that he's called us to rise up and to become overcomers in our lives by the strength of Almighty God. By the wisdom of Almighty God. And God doesn't do it always the way we think he's going to do it. I'm a eunuch in the court of the king. What possible good can I do here? They even changed my name. 
I cannot even be called by the name, my Hebrew, my God-given name, Daniel. They're calling me Azariah. I have to learn the language of the Chaldeans. I've got to be in this king's court and, and, and I've got to do his bidding. But God was still working, hallelujah. And God is still working. Your captivity shall be turned, says the Lord, hallelujah. You shall recover all. When David was, uh, and his men were plundered at Ziklag, how many of you know the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord? He strengthened himself in the Lord. The Bible tells us, hallelujah, that in Luke, Jesus tells us, listen, when a strong man is fully armed, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger man comes upon him, he takes from him all the armor that he entrusted and he plunders his goods. Jesus is that stronger man. And Jesus lives in you and he lives in me. Hallelujah. And God wants us to recover the things that the enemy has taken from us. But before we recover what God has, what the enemy, excuse me, has taken from us, we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. You see, when in the chaos and the melee of his wife and children and goods being completely taken by the Amalekites, David had to separate himself and say, I've got to get away from this. I got to stop looking at this. These guys are ready to stone me. I got to get away with the Lord for a few minutes and I've got to strengthen myself in the Lord. And when he did that, he received two things. He got might and strength and he got wisdom. Not only do I have the initiative and the ability to go after these guys and take back what the devil took from me, but I've got the wisdom on how to do it. I've got the endorsement of the spirit. God said, listen, I want you to go. I'm going to show you how to do it. Find somebody next to you and squeeze them. Say, you're going to recover. You're going to recover. Say, well, listen, I, I didn't have a, a substance abuse problem. I don't need recovery. Listen, there are things in all of our lives that we've lost, that it, traumas, heartaches, past sins. God wants us to recover. But he wants to strengthen us so that we can recover it. There's a way that God wants to do this. And I want to just talk quickly about another key to strength, and it's praise. So well, I'm not really into Christian music, you know, but uh, praise is ordained by God for you and for me. It's ordained by God. In fact, Jesus said, quoting, well, I'll go to Psalm 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Notice, out of the mouth. Somebody say, out of my mouth. When we get discouraged, we get quiet, we get passive, we don't want to do anything, we don't want to interact, we don't want to take the initiative. And I want to jump again. How many know Daniel took the initiative? He was somebody that was a problem solver. 
they came to him and they said, listen, you're going to sit in the king's court and you're going to have to eat all of the delicacies of the king. You're going to do whatever he says. Hold on a second. I'm not going to defile myself with the delicacies of the king. So praise is a key, but the principle that we learn from Daniel is to be committed to God, even in hard times. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's delicacy. We have to stay committed to God even when things are hard. And he took the initiative. He said, excuse me, chief, eunuch chief, hang on a second. I want to make a proposal to you. Let us eat vegetables and watch how God works and gives us the strength. When the king made the decree that he was going to kill Daniel and all of his friends because he had a disturbing dream, he went to Arioch and he said, excuse me, before you wipe us out, I'd like to make a proposal. I want you to give us some time. I want to seek God and God's going to help us in this thing. Lisa and I have this ongoing battle about communication. And she gets mad at me because I like to make a phone call and she likes to send a text message. <laughs> and I don't want to hear about it. She, you know, how, how, there's a little bit of an age difference, but we won't get into that. So she <laughs> she's, you know, she's frustrated about something. I said, Honey, why don't you just call your sister? Why don't you just call your friend or whatever? It's like, come on. Nobody calls anybody anymore, she says. What, you call somebody? I don't think that you need to do something gauche and make a phone call, okay? But you need to take the initiative. Don't get quiet. Don't get passive. Be confident in God's plan and God's way. And principle number two is that Daniel was convinced in God's process. He says, listen, I'm sticking with vegetables. I'm sticking with God's word, and it's going to work. Trust me. Listen, I, it's going to work. I know that the king wants us to eat this food so that we can be strong and serve him, but if you just let us eat vegetables, you watch and see how it works. So Daniel was committed to God's ways. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 4, this is a great scripture, that when we obey God's voice and when we obey his ways, things go well with us. Raise your hand if you want things to go well with you. Not only does it work, but then things go well. Deuteronomy 440, you shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So not only does God's word work, but you will be successful and blessed in the process of obeying it. Now, I didn't say it would be easy. I didn't say it would be perfect. But we will be blessed when we obey God. And Daniel knew that. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and who leads you in the way that you should go. 
So the word of God in our lives has to deal with and suffer persecution, trouble. That word has to be tested. When we set out to obey God and when we set out to serve God, there's three conditions that, that our commitment to the word has to deal with. There are conditions that, that the gospel outlines for what I'll call the, the troubles of, of God's word, and here they are. That word has to deal with Satan trying to steal it. He wants to steal your commitment to God's word. It has to deal with tribulation and persecution. Trouble happens. You know, but it's very interesting that trouble was the very thing that propelled Daniel into his destiny in this terrible situation. And I want to say this, it's not just about Daniel finding his dream. This was God having his way in Babylon through Daniel. It's not about us and our ability to fulfill our plans for our life, but it's God and his ability to work through our life to see his plan fulfilled. And by the way, it's going to affect those around us. So how do we deal with these perils? We have to daily make a commitment to God. The safety of the life in us through the word of God is made safe daily by a daily commitment to God. I was reading Derek Prince recently. It was a book I've had for years. I don't know, I just happened to pull it out again. And it talks about finding God's will for your life. And I'd read it before and I, I was kind of tired. I thought, you know what, this would be good to read. But it startled me because it corrected something that was wrong in my life. And what he said was that we want to know the plan and then we want to make our commitment to it. Oh, God, show me your way. Oh, God, show me your plan for my life. I'll do it. I want to. Let me take a look at it. Let me analyze it. And then I'll tell you whether I'm in or not. But it actually works in reverse. We make a commitment to God. We put our trust in God. And we say, God, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I don't care what it is. I'll follow you. And then God shows us his plan. And this is, uh, we see this in John chapter 7 and verse 17. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So our desire to understand God's ways and what he's doing has to take a, a back seat to our willingness to obey him and to make a commitment to him. And that's what Daniel did. And you know what? It did work out because the Bible tells us that he continued until the year of King Cyrus. And we have to continue in our commitment. We have to continue even when the, the lead changes or the momentum shifts. We've got to still stay committed when things are not looking good. You know, in the nation of Israel, there were constant changes in the, in the, the scoreboard, you might say. The Bible says in, in the first church of Jerusalem that there was a great persecution and that the believers were all scattered abroad. The Israelites were in captivity for 400 years under Pharaoh. Daniel himself was in captivity for 70 years under the Babylonians. 
During Gideon's day, it wasn't as long. It was seven years. So what do we do when the momentum shifts? When the scoreboard says we're losing? We have to keep our commitment. We have to continue. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, that you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, God has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Verse 23, if indeed you continue. Say that with me. Say if you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away. My favorite example is David. David comes out as a young guy, shows great promise, wipes out Goliath. They're all singing about him. David has killed his ten thousands. He's going out into battle and winning victories. And then all of a sudden, he's running for his life. God, wait a minute. I thought you called me to be a winner. God, I thought I was an overcomer. I thought that, you know, everything was going to work perfectly all the time. No. God says, I'm working, but you've got to stay committed, even when the momentum shifts. You know, I think sometimes we, we write ourselves off. We write people off when we take a look at a situation externally. I was uh, pitching to my son. He wanted me to said, Dad, I want you to pitch to me. I want to play baseball. And I'm thinking, you're, you run like the wind. What do you want to play baseball for? You know? And I've seen you swing at a baseball. You know? You're not that good. <laughs> Why don't you stick with soccer? You know? Dad, I want to play baseball. I want to play. Come on, pitch to me. Pitch to me. So I've done this a few times, but yesterday I thought, you know what, if you really want to play, let me show you the, 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 the basics of the swing, all right? And I showed him a couple of things. We're on baseball metaphors in case you wanted. If you don't like baseball, it's too bad. <laughs> it's baseball season. So I just showed him a few principles of the swing. And it was amazing how he was able to hit a ball just after 10 or 15 minutes with some skills and some strategies. Don't write yourself off. You say, well, I've always been like that. You know, this is just the way I am. I, I, that's not for me. I can't do this. Well, with God's strength, you can. It's interesting that Daniel was given strategy. God just didn't give him the strength, but God gave him strategy on how to handle things. Joseph not only was given a dream about what was going to happen to Pharaoh, but then God gave him a strategy on how to handle it. So God wants to give us strategy and skill set in dealing with the affairs of life. And that's really, I would say, number three. The thing that we learn from Daniel is seeking God continually. Daniel was a regular seeker of God. The Bible says that he bowed down three times a day. But when this problem came up, it was time for extra seeking. How many know when there, somebody wants to kill you, you seek God extra? But there was already a pattern in his life that he had established was seeking God. He would bow down before God and he would seek him three times a day. And the Bible says when trouble came, he said, hold on a minute. Please give us some time because I'm going to seek the mercies of heaven. And God, the God that I serve is a God that reveals secrets. Amen. Our God is a God who reveals secrets. 
God desires for us to live in spiritual clarity. The enemy's all about confusion. He wants to make everything unclear, confused, overwhelmed. But God says, when you come before me and you begin to pray and the Spirit of God enlightens your spirit, clarity comes. You know what to do. You feel strengthened. And I give you strategy on how to move on. So he sought the mercies of heaven. And I just want to go to this one scripture in Daniel chapter 2. It's so vivid. God has wisdom, and he's giving it to us. The Bible says in James chapter 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father who gives without reproach. Well, that's what they were doing. And it says here in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel went to his house. I'll begin in verse 17. He went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah and his companions that they might seek the mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And then the secret was revealed in a night vision. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And now, and it's so interesting. It says here, Daniel answered. He said, God, if you move on my behalf, you moved on my behalf. You showed me a secret. You moved in my life. And I want to answer you with praise. I want to answer you with prayer. I want to answer you. And he did. And he said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. So number one, wisdom and might belong to God. He has them, and we need them. And we need to come before God, and we need to admit our weakness and our need for his strength. It was through weakness that the apostles of old were made strong. And he changes the times and the seasons, and he removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So number two, God's willing to give us wisdom. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, for you have given me wisdom and might and made known to me what I've asked of you. So God has wisdom and might. He's willing to give it, but he's also given it to me. He said, listen, I, I have a personal experience where God helped me in this situation. So we need to become seekers of God and his wisdom. Finally, um, in terms of strength, the strength that Daniel received for this situation was not for him. Amen? It wasn't, it wasn't for him and his clout. He told the king, it's not because of my wisdom that this secret was revealed but that you might know concerning this dream about God's plan. And God wants us to use our strength to help others. As he strengthens us, as he gives us wisdom and might, he wants us, the Bible says, to uphold the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. To bear one another's burdens 
and to fulfill the law of Christ. The stronger we become and the wiser we become, the more responsibility that God can give us so that we can help others, not for our own resume. The Bible tells us that Jesus was anointed by the Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God has anointed me to bring deliverance, setting the captives free, also known as helping other people. We are strengthened to help. And, you know, maybe we could ask ourselves, you know, when's the last time I've strengthened someone else? When's the last time I reached out and encouraged somebody else? I've gone out of my way and not thought only of myself, but used the strength, whatever God has given me, and begin to sow it into other people, to strengthen others, to encourage them in their walk with God. God wants us to do this. In 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says that you are to edify one another as you are doing. Paul said, I want you to edify one another. I want you to build one another up. And he says, there's actually two ways that you do this. In, in Corinthians, talking about spiritual gifts, he says, listen, he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. When you speak with tongues, you strengthen yourself. When you prophesy, you strengthen others. So he says, what did Jesus tell us? It's much more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when we think of prophecy, you know, immediately our mind goes to the Old Testament or like prediction. But how many know the Bible tells us that the spirit of prophecy in the New Testament is edification, exhortation, and comfort, a.k.a. spiritual strength. In fact, the Bible tells us that you can all prophesy one by one. In Joel chapter 2, the signpost of the Spirit falling was that your sons and your daughters would prophesy by the Spirit of God. And listen, strength comes through the Spirit of God. Talking about Jesus, anointed of the Spirit, he has the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of wisdom the spirit of the fear of the Lord. There are several different characteristics, but they're all done by the spirit of God. So as we are filled with the spirit, we let that overflow get to others and strengthen one another. And how many know there's a blessing in that? The greatest blessing is to give, to help others, to strengthen them. And I actually kind of feel like there's a almost like something that stops us. It's like, God, I feel your presence today. God, I just read your word, and I, man, I just feel strong. But, uh, you know, okay. No. God wants us to release that strength, to use that strength. And we don't need to go knocking on doors and harassing people, but he'll actually give us the wisdom and open doors and show us how to release that strength to help other people. So we need to do that. We need to not only learn to strengthen ourselves, but to strengthen others. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, and let me just say this last thing. God has, has made a way for us to strengthen ourselves. And we talked about being able to, to pray in the Spirit, to contact the Lord in waiting. But in Isaiah 52, it says, Awake, awake, put on your strength. Put on the beautiful garments, O city of Jerusalem, 
For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself. Sometimes we got to shake ourselves. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. You have sold yourselves for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. So God says, listen, when Jesus went to the cross and he died for your sins, he made a way for you to be able to release yourself from the things that are holding you back. As you put on strength, as you praise me and look to me, you will become strong and you will be able to shake yourself and loose yourself and say, you know what? I don't have to live like that anymore. I don't have to think like that anymore. I don't have to get into that anymore. I can get that off of me by the strength of God within me. And God said, I've opened the door for you to do that because you went, not only went into slavery, this isn't a money thing. Your sin brought you into slavery and I abolish sin free of charge through the sacrifice of my son. So the door is open now for you to live a powerful life, to live a strengthened life, to live a life full of me where you are continually just getting rid of stuff that's trying to get on you. Amen. God bless you. I had a hard time finding my way there, but I hope somebody got blessed today. Father, we thank you for your ability to strengthen us. And God, we just, again, I want to acknowledge, Lord, that you are the source of strength, God. That wisdom and might, Lord, are yours. And Lord, that we are weak without you, Lord Jesus. And I just want to go back, that it starts with you, Jesus. It starts with our need for you, Jesus. It starts with our need for you every day. And we pray, God, that we would have the strength to come to you every day to receive strength. We pray, God, that you would give us the courage to commit our lives to you every day, to put them in your hands. We pray, God, that we would have the courage and the strength, God, to believe in your word and to trust in the process of what you're doing in our lives. We pray, God, that we would have the strength to seek you every day, every day, Lord and that we would help others as we become strengthened. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, Visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.